Hey, everybody. You're listening to a brand new episode of Saul's Life. And, um, yeah, it's been a crazy week. So I'm going to try to get a couple people on here. And hopefully the technology will hold up. And I'll be able to have more than just one person on on, on today's show uh, at the same time. But, um, you know, I, I don't... I honestly don't even know what to say myself personally. I'm still just kind of in shock uh, at some of the things that have happened. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it, it'll be an interesting show nonetheless. We're going to go ahead and, and talk about uh, Candace Owens a little bit and kind of the detriment that she does to the cause. Um I, I personally kind of want to know, you know, where the church has been through all of this, um, just in general. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I haven't heard much from churches going, you know, or any, any church, anybody from any church, any kind of statements, um, anything like that, or, or just how they feel. Or overall, I feel like a lot of my church friends themselves that I, that I grew up with have been, have been unusually quiet as well throughout this time. And, um... Also, a little bit of kind of maybe how the workplace uh, is going to change or, or is already changing, maybe, uh, due to what's happening in these protests. And uh, I'm not going to forget about the uh, just how overly aggressive and excessive uh, the cops have still been throughout all this. Uh, when these protests have been, you know, were protesting against police brutality and they continue to do this still. Um so yeah, uh, when we get back, it'll be a little bit different, of, uh, a little uh, different format as well. But when we get back, I'll go ahead and uh, get started with uh, with our guests and we'll get the show rolling. Uh, stick around, stick with us. Um, it's going to be a fun one. You know, like it, share it, do all that good stuff uh, as well. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey guys, uh, real quick, before you get started, I just want to apologize. We had a little bit of a technical difficulties there, maybe within the first 15 or 20 minutes of the first segment. Um, but if you want, I know it gets better uh, about 25 or the 30th minute, um, and then from that on, it should be okay. Uh, but like again, I just wanted to apologize for the technical difficulties and the sound, uh, and hopefully from here on out, I can get that fixed as well. <laughs> Stick with us. And I'd like to welcome my main man, Brock, here on this episode. This is the first time uh, I've had you on here. I didn't think it was going to work. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine, man. Holy, holy shit. Awesome. <laughs> oh, I'm, do- I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Well, I mean, about as well as you can be doing these days, right? Yeah, man. I, I-, I totally hear you. Um Real quick before um, I, I I ask you a couple quick questions, um, I did send the the uh, the invite to my other co-host Ross. So if he jumps on here, hopefully it'll work and it'll be okay. Okay. 
but I'm glad you got on here first. Um, well, well, real quick, I, I would just, uh, if you could just kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself and, and just kind of a little bit about your background before uh, we get going. Yeah, um, so my name is Brock, um, Brock Monroe. So I am, uh, I currently live in Buffalo, but I'm actually originally from Florida where I met uh, Saul. Oh, there, yeah, there he is. Nine years old and work for, oh, no, oh, I'm sorry. Hey, yeah, go ahead. Um, let me introduce Ross. Oh, he hey, Ross. Yeah. Can you hear me, Ross? Oh, yeah, I'm here, brothers. I'm here. I'm here. All right, perfect. I got Brock on here as well. I'll introduce you guys in a second, but I'm letting him, I'm kind of getting his bio real quick so everyone can kind of, you know, kind of know a little bit where he's from. He's. I know he just said he's originally from Florida and uh, you live in Buffalo now, correct? Yeah, I live in Buffalo, so I've uh, been with the same nonprofit for six years, and I've just kind of moved around because of that, and so I've ended up here. Um, yeah, which I really love Buffalo. Obviously, we're seeing some super disappointing things from, but I think that's also true of a lot of other cities across the country. Oh, I think we lost. Hello? Okay, man, the connection is a little crappy. Um, so I, I, I apologize for that. Oh. Um, I just want to make it clear real quick. You, you've been in Buffalo for a nonprofit you said you work for? Yeah, so I came up here because I've been working with the same. So I started actually working with them in Orlando. And it was interesting because it was honestly a. Um, because even though I was from Orlando, uh, the nonprofit I work with puts me in like in high need schools, and so I was actually able Pine Hills that I didn't know beforehand, and it really was kind of I was sheltered, very conservative Christian background, and so I wasn't really aware of a lot of things in the world. Um, and then when I started working with my nonprofit, thankfully I started, ha I ha started having my eyes opening and started actually going on the journey of truly being an ally and understanding all of the complicated mess <laughs> I, that I hear is you our that, society. Yeah. I, I definitely hear you. Um, <clears throat> let me, let me introduce you real quick to Ross. Um, if, uh, he's more, probably one of my closest friends in the whole wide world. Uh, St. John's grad, uh, poli-sci degree. Um, so I feel really lucky that I have him on here uh, to kind of shoot back and forth with everything that's been going on. And I feel really lucky that I got you because because of, I, I mean, I, I know you don't think you've got a diverse background, but, you know, to us, uh, and especially to me, just kind of, um, you know, j just hearing everything that you just said and seeing how you, you've just kind of slowly started realizing all these things through the through what you're doing now with the nonprofit and everything you know it, it's kind of cool to to hear that perspective because a lot of the time you know just in general uh i think ego gets in the way for everyone and uh yeah. you know they don't want to yeah. they just don't want to learn or they'll, or they'll turn a blind eye to whatever it is um but uh so yeah so ross let me say say what up real quick and say hi to <laughs> say hi to each other real quick while i get these notes out yeah, yeah, brother, brother Brock. It's nice to meet you, sir. I didn't get to catch your um 
your intro, but I hear, but I just heard that you were saying you were from um, from the area, and right now you live in Buffalo. You say you work for a nonprofit, so um, I, I tried to get into some nonprofit stuff in the past as well. So shout out to you. I mean, right now I work for uh, for a college. So Ross, are you also? Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right here in the city of Saint Cloud. Hello? Yeah, this thing is killing me today. Having some, is it, uh, are you having any quality issues over there? Can yeah, it's, well? it's like cutting in and out a little bit. Um, but I, I honestly, at this point, I don't really care. I'm just going to keep rolling with it. Cause, uh, yeah, it's okay. just whatever. It, it's too important of a it's too important of a thing to not you know kind of not to be talking about right now. I, I, I like I said, I, I'm lucky yeah. I got you right now because I know I just sprung it on you. I uh I just sent you the link and that's kind of what I did to Ross last time. I just kind of sent <laughs> sent it to him real quick and then I was gonna see if he picked up and I was like, ah, I got him. Yeah, so, gorilla style. <laughs> yeah, so I did the same. Love it. Um, but a couple things I I, I kind of wanted to hit on just in general. Uh, was kind of kind of just a little bit of Candace Owens a little bit and just how much of a clown she kind of is I feel like to me and I hate that I'm like oh calling this person a clown I, I I should be better about myself you know like doing that but I just it, it, the the videos that I've seen you know being shared yeah. lately with her her video and I to be honest I can't even get halfway through it because it's just full of uh lies so it's crazy, um, but that's kind of one thing I yeah. wanted to hit on. I, I also kind of wanted to hit on a little bit on, on kind of wh where the church has been. I feel like on my, I don't know, I, I haven't heard anything from any church really, minus uh, the church that, um, you know, Trump decided to, you know, I don't know, bombard innocent people with. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Used exactly. for a photo op. So you know, I kind of want to want to know where they're at because I, 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 you know, same as Ross, we, we kind of both grew up in the church, and then um, when we came, yeah. you know, mo moving to the south and, and coming to a, 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 I guess a Southern Baptist church, um, you know, as a kid, you don't realize too much, or I guess you don't really care. You're kind of in the church bubble. Um, but then now that we're all older and, and we're seeing all this kind of happen, you know, you kind of, it, well, it makes me think like, man, are, were they really my friends this whole time? Like, you know, or, or, or what, you know, yeah. and, and unfortunately, you know, you, you start questioning a lot of, a, a lot of just everything in the church, to be honest with you. So it's, it's kind of crazy. And, yeah. um, lastly, I kind of wanted to sprinkle in, uh, kind of how how maybe all of this is going to start to affect the workplace um or or it, how it's changing even now mm -hmm. and then at the end if there's time we could might maybe get into like drew Brees' stupid comments and <laughs> and oh uh gosh. maybe we could kind of and i also kind of don't want to forget about how the opd the orlando police and the sheriffs here in orlando are still just going ham on innocent protesters and you, obviously, in Buffalo, with the with the gentleman that got knocked over by them, and yeah, and I don't know if you've seen the latest news that um, all fifty seven uh, officers on the response team have resigned in solidarity with the two that were put on administrative <laughs> leave without pay. 
tell you what, when people want to talk about, you know, a few bad apples, it's like, I mean, hey, like I, I'm not about generalizations in general, um, especially because I fit a lot of generalizations that I don't like being a yeah. <laughs> white cisgender male. <laughs> but, but honestly, like if you're not going to take a stand about something like this, this isn't just politics. This is life yeah, or death. It's, I mean, let's it, be honest. it's insane. Um, but I'll, I'll go ahead and, well, you know what, since we're there, you know, whatever, we'll, we'll go ahead and just start with that. I mean, why, why, why are the cops still being so aggressive, I guess, in light of, I mean, everyone's still recording this and we're seeing it, you know, every night on our TVs. Why do they continue to be so, so aggressive about everything? I mean, in my opinion, obviously, I've never worked in a police department before, but what you're seeing here is it's unfortunately very reminiscent when I talk to people like my dad who have views at one point. And I remember growing up and so my dad, my dad's a big Trump supporter now, but I remember growing up thinking my dad was just. You know, I grew up listening to him talk great things about Reagan all the time before I. And so I always grew up principles. And then when Trump came in and did so many of the things that he's been railing against for years, especially about how his action did anything similar to that at all. I mean, I can't even count how many times my father complained about Obama's golf trips. And of course he has no problem with Trump. And, I, and what I realized is you know, for a certain segment of the population, they don't want to admit that they can be wrong. They don't want to admit they need to change. And my whole thing is, and, you know, I'm sure you've seen this from a lot of, like, authors and stuff like this and thinkers who put out kind of the rules for life. And for a while, what is my rule for, what are my rules for life? And I've only come up with one, which is accept the fact that you don't know everything that you can always be educated, that you'll never get to a finished product. And I think that's what you're seeing in these police officers is because any of their life is being challenged, instead of admitting and looking inward on their behavior, what's going on, their systems and systems of oppression that exist in police departments, that instead what we're seeing is we're seeing cops close ranks. I mean, That's for exactly those 57 it. officers from the Buffalo Police Department response team to resign over two officers being being suspended, we're not even talking about fired, being suspended without pay because they pushed an elder, a 75-year-old man down where he's bleeding out of his ear, just kind of really this closing ranks here. I mean, if there's anything you should be able to denounce, it should be that. I mean, for me, whenever I go to any kind of protests or anything like that, the thing I always love is seeing old, like old white people still being engaged. Cause I'm like, man, I want to be you. Yeah. Like I want to be that guy. I hope that, you know, I will continue to be, you know, 75, 80 and going out to protests and expressing my opinions and being alongside oppressed groups and for them to <laughs> just not even care about the man's health or safety 
push him down and not even check up on him. And these other officers close rank around that. I mean, it really tells you that, you know, we can always talk all we want about there being a few bad apples. But until you have people in police departments that really want to create that change themselves, then I don't know how you can say it's not an orchard problem, not a few apple problems. Yeah. Go ahead, Ross. Yeah, no, I was I was agreeing with what Brock was saying. That's exactly what it is. You have a situation where think about it. People are still record. People are definitely recording. But you see that these officers and I'm sure again. Yeah, people are saying, you know, few bad apples. Seems- oh, you there, Ross? I'm not hearing anything. Oh, he's uh, yeah, he's going. I can hear him fine. I think it might just be a. Uh... Oh, you can hear him. I just uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on, but go ahead, Ross. Yeah, I, I, I was just hear. saying for for. It just it just might be like it's it's a cultural thing like, hey, they are attacking us. So now let's just show them and stand together. I don't think that it's a good idea because at the end of the day, yes, it hurts the community as a whole. Now, these officers are maybe trying to make a point saying that the community can't function without law enforcement. And okay, I can agree with that to a certain point, but we can also say that the community can't function without proper or effective law enforcement and nothing justifies pushing a 75 year old man who was trying to return a helmet. It seems right. He was trying to give them back their property and it just kept going, move, move, get out of the way. And then they push him down. Like, what are we, what are we watching here? Why was that necessary? I, uh, <clears throat> I I'm still trying to figure out, you know, why people are still trying to cover up for them. Why, why, when we see it right with our own eyes, people are still in denial about the issue and, uh, you know, and why they're trying to turn it into like, you know, this, this, I I mean, I don't even know, you know, I, 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 I feel like I've been waking up, you know, this whole week, still tired from the night before, and I, I'm not even working. Like I got laid off from my job in April, you know, <laughs> like my nine to five. Yeah. So there's no reason for me to, to even keep thinking this. And, and then, you know, or, or there's no reason for me to still feel as, as lethargic as I do, but it's been, you know, the, the minute I get up, you know, it's either a, a, a new comment or, or, or a new post. Or something, something that's happened that I get sucked into immediately that drains my energy because it's like I still can't believe I'm still saying, you know, we're still having to say this over and over. Like how many different times, you know, do we have to explain to people, you know, kind of like what, what, a, what white privilege is? And if I, I think that's kind of like, you know, that, that's like where the median is. If you can't understand that part of the argument, like you... You can't have a healthy discussion. There's nothing to build on if, if someone's willing, you know, to just kind of just just turn their eye and say, oh, I don't look at that. I don't care. I wasn't, you know, this, that and the third. And like these cops are just doing their job. It is what it is. And it, it, it just it just completely blows my mind, man. I mean, this blows my mind how how, how they can just do this. Not to mention uh, Demings and his wife were head of the sheriffs and the OPD well you know in their back in their respective times here before he was a mayor and she was um congresswoman 
Yeah, Congresswoman. Thank you. And Sorry. She's a congresswoman. And um, you know, how come they didn't do anything about it as 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 Black Americans? You know, on the because it's the culture. So yeah, yeah. And, and and that's and that's it. That's it right there. You know, like when Brock mentioned the orchard problem. You know, why can't we get to that? Why can't we get to the root of it? Why can't we? We know that there are white supremacists in, in police forces. We know that there are KKK members in the in the police force. You know, we, we're seeing this. We know that Antifa is not behind any of this rioting or looting. You know, we know we know all of this, that it's these white supremacist groups, you know, because we're getting the information now and it's from credible news sources. So how is it so hard for these people to and the FBI itself? Yeah. How, how, why, how are they, why are they, what, where are they getting their news from where they, where they're saying that the, the information we're getting is just so fake. You know, I, I don't want, I'll never understand that. Well, it's also, it's also a situation um, where there's a certain fear, right? Like you don't want to be the one to denounce the wrongdoing of the bad culture of your department. I know that a couple of episodes ago, for me, I movie Serpico, right? I started going to college I, and actually be open, you know. Hello? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, man, I wish it wasn't cutting out on his. He on might his need end. to get on the computer as well. Oh, there it is. Well, he, yeah, we just Ugh. lost them. Ah, that stinks. I don't, you know what? And I'm not going to erase, I'm not going to erase the first two minutes. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to, no, everyone's going to get this unedited, whatever. It is what it is. You know, we're going to There's some going. good things said but, here. Yeah. And, and hopefully he'll be able to, to log back on and, uh, and reconnect. And when he does, he'll just join in and it's okay. And, and everybody, you know, the whole point of this is, you know, we're just trying to. You know, we're, we're just trying to. I don't even want to say. Make well, I think this, I cause... think I think what it is, is we're on the same wavelength We're we're all trying to process what's going on. Right. Only this time we're doing it on air. You know what I mean? We're doing it on a podcast because I was there oh, you there go, he's is. come right back. Cause I was I was I was talking with Marie and my wife and I was saying just that, yeah, you know, it's like there's a cycle that we've all been through with this. It's like, oh, it happened. And then at first like, oh man, here we go again, like they killed another black man. And then once that's happened, you know, you just have to go through all the emotions of it all. And that's like a good two week, two to three week process for me. You know what I mean? Like I have to, I have to go through this whole thing about like, okay, well, what's going on? What am I feeling? Why is it anybody else caring? Only now this time, you know, we're seeing that other people at least giving us a little dog and pony show that they seem to care, right? People who in the past have not cared. And now we're we're all witnessing the law enforcement response to it, which you'll see some departments, you know, who have their officers partaking in the in the protests or do what they like to call a, a march of solidarity. You know what I mean? You have some some departments that have released 
specific statements about it or they're talking about how they're making some changes, you know, outlawing or or banning that um that that chokehold from their from their use of force policies. Some departments are going as far as releasing the full use of force policies so that citizens are aware of what what the officers are allowed to do to them. So we're just watching this, but it just seems like you will still have some people, you know, and of course, a, a, a law enforcement officer might tell you, well, you're not out there. You know what I mean? You're not out there. So you don't know what it's like to fend for your life. You don't know what it's like to have to wear a bulletproof vest for work. And I agree. But I also see some events that I'm like, you weren't you weren't worried about your life. When you push a, a 75 year old man down on the ground, you're not worried about your life. You're just being a tough guy. When you break a, a, the window of a car to to drag a, a woman out of it for a, for something, a girl, a young girl, so something <laughs> that you could either have just yeah. given her a ticket or just given her a stern warning for, you're, you're not you're not fending for your life. You're again, you're being a tough guy, you know. So that's that's just my take on on those things. It's just it's it's obviously it's not good optics, but the fact that people are still acting this way while they're being recorded, especially in a time like this, where you would think, you know what, yo, let's be on our ones and twos because the people are watching, you know what I mean? Let's be careful how we do things. But no, it's like, no, we're still going to go full steam ahead. We're still going to be jerks about certain things. And so um, that's what we are, man. We'll see, we'll see what happens going forward. But man, yeah, I don't know. Again, I, uh, let me, uh, let me welcome Brock back. Brock, are you? Uh, can you hear us? Okay, or not sure? Because I know we can't hear you right now. I see that you're on. That you're connected. No, I guess not. Oh well, well, man. All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna figure that out eventually, so we can have some more people on here. Um. He's just a he's a he's a, he's a smart kid. He's, he's he's a he's just a very educated kid with a with a good mind and, and a good heart. And it'd just be good to get his opinion. And obviously, we're too, you know, too black. I and mean, brown I mean, I'm no slouch myself. Together. You know what I'm saying? And I'd like I'd like to say <laughs> no, so about saying... you as well. But you know, hey, shout out to yeah. Brock. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, you know, you know, you need you, 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 that's we need right. That's right. Plus, we variety. We gotta you hear know, somebody that, else's voice. Yeah, so so that's why it was important for me to get him on here. If anything, I might just do a do a different segment, just him and I. I, I don't think ourselves. that's a bad idea. Um, yeah, I think I might just end up doing that. But um, real quick, while I still have you on here, um, you know, let's just kind of keep it moving real quick. Uh, probably take a break here, and and maybe about ten or fifteen minutes after this segment, um, I wanted to. I mean, you know, and, and we'll probably still go back and forth, you know, to the, to just the cops still being assholes, you know, just overly aggressive. But um, how how do you think, you know, all of this, uh, all this is going to change, hopefully, the workplace? Or is it changing now? I know we had a conversation a little earlier where it's texting back and forth um, about, you know, just how, you know, it's almost like... Uh, now, now our voices want to be yeah. heard. Now, now you it's, really want to pay attention. It's, to I'm not gonna lie, man. I've, I'm I'm very apprehensive about that. Um, and you know, you 
you, you might you might say that I've been conditioned to think like that, but the reason why I've been conditioned to think like that is because nobody's cared to know how I feel in these situations in the past. You know what I'm saying? Um, and now not only is it happening to where like people, people who I've been friends with for quite some time are just like reaching out, out of the blue about this, which I appreciate on one end, but on the other end, I'm like, is it sincere? That's number one. And then number two, yes. Um, you know, there's, there's, there are, there being some, there have been some institutional responses to it that have been very interesting. The, the president of my, of my institution sent out a, a very long email about, you know, how, you know, we want to start opening up spaces where people can have these honest conversations. And while I appreciate it, it was just to me kind of like off-putting. I know that I have other friends who, whose jobs have been, you know, releasing statements, um, you know, trying to get employees to just buy into those things or just start, you know, having just, again, safe space and where they can share, you know, how they feel or their experiences and things like that. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's such thing as a safe space. <laughs> well, well, I, well, well, that's, there, that's the thing. Like, no safe space conversations. I don't know. Ever. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. the, the, the idea of a safe space before was mostly like, oh, you know, if for towards like students, you know, if there's something you want to share, you can feel safe to share it and you will not be judged. You know what I mean? But yes, you're correct. You know, especially when you're talking about like career wise, you don't. Oh, it's over. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to be the out. guy who's known as the, the one who's just, you know, just questioning everything that's being said, you know, or the angry black mm. guy or something of the sort. So, I'm here, but and and I'm seeing, and luckily enough, you know, there've been responses from various people in my organization, in my institution, to where I I'm like, okay, good, I'm not the only one who sees it like that. But at the same time, it's very tempered because it's like, okay, well, how much do I say? You know what I mean? Because because we've been so trained to want to make other people around us comfortable. I mean, because mm -hmm. when you make people uncomfortable, then that's where it's like, hey, man, you know, this isn't the place for it. This is, you know, th th there's always a, an argument about place and time. And so, um, yeah. You know. We uh, we we got Bob yeah. on my computer now instead of my phone. Rock is on the computer and you sound really oh, good. There, you go. there we go. Oh, <laughs> I can God. actually hear Ross now, too. There you go, my brother. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. I'm glad. I'm glad we're coming together now. We're I, I forming like Voltron. Um, yep. I um I, I Brock. I was uh well, me and Ross or Ross and I were in the middle of kind of uh that that mm. question that I had asked earlier about how how is this maybe gonna uh, affect the workplace? Is this changing things now at, at work? Uh and and you know, kind of like, you know, now, now they're asking for mm -hmm. our voices to, to, to be heard. They really want to listen to us now. Is it, you know, is there really such thing yep. as a safe space at work when, you know, when, when they ask a conversation like that? I mean, thankfully I've, I've worked for, again, I work for an education nonprofit that's actually like super progressive and we've really do, like gone deep 
on our work. And I mean, it's a super different organization than it was three or uh, three years ago when our CEO three years ago at our, at our staff conference said black lives matter. I remember it was a big deal and like a lot of people got really upset about it. Um, but now our organization has really learned and really gotten much more progressive and it still has a way to go. It still needs to move. But thankfully, I've gotten the privilege of working for an organization that's really open. But I I think for other organizations, it's going to really depend. I think it's going to depend a lot like COVID. Because what I've been saying since the beginning is, if you're doing an interview after COVID, you need to, and they ask you, hey, you have any questions? Your question needs to be, what did you do to help your employees during COVID-19? Yeah. And, and, I, and I think it needs wow. to be the same yeah. thing with the time we're going through right now, because you can tell the difference between, you know, I'm going to say the, the Nikes, the uh, Reeboks, the Ben and Jerry's that are putting out statements that are clearly thought out and very real. And the organizations that are just putting up black lives matter. And it's, you know, like the Washington Redskins tweeted, you know, a blackout picture on Tuesday. (laughs) And it's like, all right, let's not pretend that y'all are actually about racial justice in any way. Your name is the Washington Redskins for Pete's sake. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think, unfortunately, there's already so many burdens put on black people and people of color in our country. But I think that's also one of those questions that every black person should ask at the end of the interview is, how do you all handle racial equality at your organization? Because I think you're seeing that wide range of companies, those companies who, in all honesty, they just want to tokenize the black voice and make it good for mm-hmm. them to be able to be like, oh, look at us. See, we're woke. And that word that I kind of hate <laughs> now because it's so overused by white people like me. <laughs> um, but then – or people who actually believe in not just diversity, because my organization realizes ourselves saying you want diversity isn't enough. And for us, we actually really went to what we mm-hmm. call um, our DBIE work, which is diversity, belonging, inclusion, and equity. And the reason they're in that order is because that's what it needs to be. Because first, you have to hire a diverse staff. Second, Second, you have Thank to build – uh, it's not enough to just hire diverse staff. You have to be able to then build that mm-hmm. sense of belonging because – and I believe this is – and you were talking about it earlier when we were talking about the Demings. I believe this is the case with a lot of black police officers is that they are basically the tokens in that organization. And data actually shows us that you need 35% of your police department or more to be black for it to change how the police department impact, works uh, interacts with black people. It takes that, wow. it takes a critical mass. You can't just be like, Oh, we have a black guy that solves the problem. Like having a sprinkling of black people doesn't stop systematic racism and inequality. That stuff still exists. And so you need to build that sense of belonging for your employees. You need to, then work on how are we being inclusive? So you all know you belong here. How are we actually including people in the conversation, including their voices? And then last, how do you build equitable spaces? 
and actually looking at what that fully means and not just some slogan, but something that actually is equitable for all your employees. I um one thing for me, obviously, and it was the first thing you said is, um, you know, hiring a yeah. diverse staff. Uh, I, you know, I find it funny because I was on the radio for a short time here on a, on a sports station. Talk that um, talk, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and um, right when the Colin Kaepernick stuff started happening and he's uh, taking his knee and protesting, a silent protest, the silent, peaceful mm-hmm. protest where nobody's getting hurt. Um, you know, I, I, I was very outspoken about that. And I was told about two weeks into like, probably the second or third show uh, to just kind of mm. hush up about it. And, um, you know, I looked around and then, you know, a week or two later, um, funny enough, you know, I, uh, I end up, you know, losing mm. that, that position there. I'm not an on-air personality anymore uh, somehow, you know, and it's just, it, it, you know, they had a meeting about me without mm. me. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Saul, you can't, you know, th- all right, that's it. It's done. So, it, you know, I, I just think it's funny when I, and I thought about it, I was like, man, I was the only like person mm. of color on that, at that station, period. And it blew my mind. And, and, and now, you know, fast forward three, four years later, it's hilarious that nonstop, this is all they're yep. talking about. Um, but, but they, you know, and, and I commend them. I want to, I don't want to bash them because they're actually having the conversation now. And, and I'm proud because it's a, it's a progressive conversation that they're having. I've been checking in every now and then. Um, but they still haven't hired anybody else that looks mm. differently from them on that station, yeah. you know, and, and, and I, it, it's, you know, I, I'll believe it once they have someone on there that looks and sounds like me. Cause you know, it's, it's all gravy that these guys are, 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 are kind of paying attention now to, you know, and, and, and wanting to talk in the conversation, but if they don't include people other, you know, that look different from them into this conversation, then, you know, are they really learning? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. So that, that, that to me is big is just making sure they're there. And then I, I had tweeted, um, cause this kind of goes in hand with the, uh, the UCF professor mm-hmm. and his tweets and everything and kind of, kind of, we're going to hit on that. And, um, I, I saw a lot of people like, yeah, we should get this guy out of there, you know, out, out of that position that he has. Cause he's first, he's shaping yep. minds and, and if, you know, you can't trust anybody with that kind of, uh, just that kind of that yeah. kind of viewpoint. I don't, it's just all wrong. So it got me thinking like, we need to also kind of move this into, Hey, we need to get these people that have these positions of power, out, like out of these positions of power, if they're not willing to have this conversation honestly and not, you know, not just have it for show because I feel like they're doing just as much detriment to the black and brown community as mm. the cops are by beating everyone up. You know, they're holding people back from maybe mm-hmm. advancing a job and bettering themselves at life. So how, how do we, I, I don't, I don't even know how, how would we even start that conversation, I guess, or, or even go there. You know what I mean? Like Ross, you were telling me, you know, you're kind of like one of the only ones there. At work yeah. So where I where at. I am uh, in my department, yes, I'm the only I'm the only black man there. Um, but but again, you know, it seems to be refreshing that this conversation is starting. I don't know how I feel to be honest about 
um, firing. I, th- I believe the guy you're referring to is uh, Charles Nagy. He's uh, he's an associate yeah. professor, uh, I believe, in the psychology department at UCF. I I don't know if he's on the tenure track or not. If he's on the tenure track, they cannot fire mm-hmm. him because he didn't commit a crime. You know what I mean? That's yeah. number one. Um, number two, tweets claiming that there is black privilege. I mean, I don't know what else he said, but personally, just because somebody is racist, I don't think that you need to um, to bounce them out of certain positions, especially not being a professor at university. To me, I feel like that's a good chance right there to have conversations and because you're talking about like um, a college or a university, you're you're in a situation where students choose to take that class. You know what I mean? So if it's known, you know, everybody uses my professor. So if it's known that this dude is a racist jerk, people just don't go to his class. People don't take his class and that's it. So I think that it's an opportunity for people to, for people at the UCF community, whether it's other psychology professors within his department, to take him to task on what he's saying. You know what I mean? Because if you just... If you just fire him, then that gives him more reason. I said one thing that they didn't agree with, and now they got rid of me for those people. You know what I mean? And then other people are going to be like, look, see, he said one thing, and now they got rid of him because those people get priority. No, have conversations with that guy. Take him to task. Don't just get rid of him. Because at the end of the day, something like that, to me, that's not egregious. Oh, that's how you think? Fine, number one. And number two, then other people who think like that are just going to hide what they think. And then it's just going to be, you know, they'll be talking like that behind closed doors. They won't feel free or emboldened enough to share their views. And that can be more detrimental because now when you're going for a job interview, this guy who feels the same way that Charles does won't say anything. He just won't think that you're the perfect candidate for the job. Mm. Well, I have, I, so my thoughts are a little different on that. I do agree that you can't, I don't, I really don't think, I mean, unless somebody is inciting violence, I really don't think you can fire, you should be able to fire somebody over tweets. It always annoys me. Every draft season of every sports league, we see it all the time. I mean, where, you know, you go through the players tweets and they tweeted something dumb when they were 14 and oh, now we're, or I mean, even when Mitch Teritsky, I remember when he got drafted, it was like the tweets of him being like, I love the Packers and Sundays are for sucking titties or kissing titties or whatever he said and all these things. And it's like, okay, like those are funny, but like that's obviously not going to impact him as a person. But the thing I do say about this professor that you can do is you have those grades. You need to go back, look at those grades of black and brown students that went through his class and compare them to their uh, their overall GPA. And if he... Hmm. Is ne- is giving lower grades to uh, to black and brown people? Then get him the f out. Like that's not okay. And that's where you need to see is you need to see are those private thoughts bleeding into his actual work? Because if you can say, you know, I mean, gosh, we know how financial the financial aid system works. If you get one f on your when you're going through school, that can prevent you from continuing your education. And the great thing in an academic mm. setting is you have those records. So you can actually see, is this just him saying something? Because again, it's not like he said it in a class and individuals do have a first amendment, right? I see, I see oh. why you like this kid. So 
Oh, no, I get it. I just, you know, but and so we're and, and this is where I, what I think when I hear that, you know, it's it sounds fair. You're absolutely right. But why? Why do I have to? Why would I have to? Why would I want to hire somebody that I have to worry? about? Oh, I mean, that? you shouldn't hire that person. You know, what and I, mean? I also think the fact that like this guy should have a microscope because at any point, if he says something like that in the class and even to a colleague, then it's at work. And then I think saying the kind of racist things in his tweets that he's been saying is worth termination. But that's kind of where you need to draw that line. I, I feel like personally. No, I hear. And, and also when, you know, when would we want to remove somebody maybe out of that position if they're, you know, like, like high school or elementary school, you know, I, are you okay with like your set, you know, the, the first or second grade teacher teaching your son, you know, and you know that that's, you know, uh, that you've seen, let's say you've seen them, them tweet things like that, or, you know, you, you've seen what they say online or on Facebook or whatever it is. And now they're, you know, let's say it's not college. Let's say it is like high school, middle school. Like it's, it's a kid. Like, I, I do we get rid of that teacher then there or that, or that person? Well, yeah, I do whatever. think so. I think like one, if we're, you know, we're, I've been working in education for the past six years. I've had the opportunity to be in lots of different classrooms across the country. And the first thing kind of like wrapping back to come right back to what we talked about before is students, even elementary students need to be reflected in their teachers. So that's the first thing when we're talking about teachers in general is if you're, if your student population is like the so i i worked it for a year at evans high school and their population is about half black and half haitian um we're at least for most of them uh pretty high percentage and for there you need you need to be recruiting people that look like those students because otherwise we we have the data that even just having diversity of your teachers and having them actually represent them extremely like raises the rates of their academic success. And we also got to remember that if somebody is holding racist beliefs, then you're going to see that in the data as well. I mean, you look at when you're talking about elementary school, even if somebody is continuing to suspend and call home about just the black students in their class, we know that's a problem. And the problem mm -hmm. is we also know that's a real problem that happens in school every single day. And so my thing yep. is you need to recruit a diverse teaching population and you need to make sure because the great thing about when you actually achieve real, you know, when you're doing diversity, belonging, inclusivity, and equity is that you also get a little bit of you're going to know when those teachers are there. If you have a real, not just tokenism, but real diversity, real learning and real classes, because every teacher in America should be going to racial bias trainings. Yes. Teachers need to do that. That's funny you say that because I was going to talk about that whenever we would have gotten into, you know, various answers for what's going on, what, what we would, what we were thinking about having change as far as law enforcement goes. But yes, implicit bias training, please, because you need to know. I, some people already know, yeah, you know what? I, I'm a jerk when it comes to these type of people, you know, yep. quote unquote, these people. But some people claim that they don't know. 
So when you take a test like that, then you know, now you know where you need to start doing some work. So I agree with you. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I would recommend listening to this to take an implicit bias training uh, or at least the test. Um, because I know Harvard's put out the test and it was, it's eye-opening. And there are some things that, I mean, I learned about myself. I, I remember the first time I took that, um, I learned that, oh, I'm a little ageist because of my experience with older people and kind of the, a lot of, you know, boomers <laughs> and yeah. how, how those yeah. things have been that <laughs> I have that bias. And it's now something that I'm aware of. I can actually work on instead of it just being there. I, I, I wish they did that uh, at the police academy uh, mm. for cops. I, I wish, I, I mean, I, I wish that it, it took more than just, you know, five, six months to become a, yeah. a police officer. Um, you know, like some punk kid who just graduated with his high school diploma can literally turn around, no life experience, no anything. Five months later, you know, you've yep. got a badge and a gun. Well, and, they've, 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 you know, um, most and I'm not going to say all, but most of the um, of the academies have changed that, you know what I mean, to where like, stu you know, their their cadets, their incoming class has to be a little older. You know what I mean? And also most agencies won't hire anyone under the age of 21. You know what I'm saying, but yeah. um, but again, it's still a very short training time. You know what I'm saying? And so um, yeah, I agree. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not asking for them to necessarily have a degree, but it would be nice if they had, you know, a little more training. It's, it's such a wide breadth of things that you need to be, that you need to be not so much a, a master of, but to at least be able to dabble in when we're talking, yeah. about, you know, just um, de-escalating as far mm -hmm. Resolution, like you need to be able to just have conversations with people. And again, if you've not been around people who don't look like you, how good are you going to be at having conversations with said people when you have a weapon on your on your hip? You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. I um, I I mean, you know, we all agree things training needs to change. Uh, hopefully, you know that that's a great idea. The uh. The, uh, the diversity training and, and all that stuff is a, uh, I mean, it's a must. I, uh, I'll go ahead and move it along real quick um, to kind of like the, the next topic I, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about. And if it's just me, let me know. But I, I feel like the church in general has mm -hmm. been awfully quiet throughout all of this. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't Brock, know because... Full disclosure, I haven't been going to church for quite some time. So I don't know. Yeah. I can tell you that mm -hmm. I know, though, beyond a shadow of a, of a doubt, that Black churches have been dealing with this since the beginning of the whole concept of law enforcement in the United States after, you know, slaves were freed. So we're talking about like 1863, 1865. Yeah. So from that point on, that's been an issue because law enforcement has been, you know, just harming black bodies since way before. You know what I'm saying? But as far as like a an, an individual church body, are you asking about the Catholic church? Are you asking about 
Well, ju- just in general, I-, I feel like, you know, I mean, I don't think I- maybe the Pope might have said something uh, a couple days ago or last week. I'm not sure. I didn't hear any comments from him. I didn't hear any comments from, uh, I mean, who, you know, who's the big Southern Baptist uh, guy down here? Is it Pat Robinson? No, nah, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to lump Pat Robinson. In. <laughs> no. You know, so don't, don't do that to the I Southern mean, Baptist I mean, Convention. <laughs> but I mean, just in general, you know, just the, just the church in general, you know, if you're a Christian, you know, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle, right? Like Christianity is not a religion. It's a lifestyle. And, you know, if, how could you, you know, live this lifestyle and then see what's happening? And, you know, even as any, any pastor, anybody just say anything. I, I feel like, and I, and I was telling Brock earlier, um, and and Ross and I were on Facebook, you know, Robbie shout, out Larcy, to Robbie, shout out to Robbie. Larcy. Like the, yeah. Shout out to Robbie Larcy from our church. Uh, you know, we grew up with, cause he's been the only person that I've seen, you know, being really vocal about this and, 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 and taking, you know, taking and, and, and a humanist point of Christian view with love. I'm saying he's been taking a humanist point of view. That's really touching. Me. Oh, Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, and the same, you know, some of the people that I, I stayed, I stayed the nights at their houses, you know, for, for days and, and things like that, you know, or, or people that I, I thought were like my best closest friends have been extremely quiet on this. And I don't, you know, I'm telling you, I know maybe they'll hear it. Maybe they don't, I, I you know, I, I don't know who exactly listens to this, but uh, you know, I want them to know that don't think that it's going unnoticed. You know, and 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 it's not like I'm gonna try to hold a grudge or something, but it's it's like oh, I, now I kind of see you're afraid to take a stand for me almost. You know, when it, it why it's just so contradictory of the teachings that we've been we've been taught. You know, since kids, since we were ch- children, growing up, you know, in church or with the Bible and stuff. Well, well I don't understand. Go ahead, go ahead, Ross. You got this. Well, I was just gonna say, um, as of Wednesday, June third. Um, Southern Baptist Convention's Ronnie Floyd, I'm guessing he's the, oh, he's the president and CEO, issued a statement. And basically, it was something along the lines of, you know, um, George Floyd was murdered, and only Jesus, not politics, can fix racism. There you have it. Well, let's also not forget where the origin (laughs) of the Southern Baptist comes from. You know why there's a regular Baptist church and a Southern Baptist church, right? Talk about it, brother Brock. It's because of slavery. There you go, Brock. I didn't didn't want to go into all that, but go ahead, Brock. It's because the Baptist church was like, hey, you know what? Slavery is immoral. And the Southerns were like, nope. And so my thing is, it's the same way as I honestly, as I feel about white people in general, is we've all got to look inside, got to look at ourselves because the real question is, is like, I'm sorry, I'm going to make a blanket statement here. I don't normally like doing that. But every white person who grows up in America has some bias or racism in them. It's true of me. It's true, true of every white person I've ever known. And the only way you get rid of that is by continuing to work on it, by continuing to root that out. And unfortunately, the American church, from my experience, so Ross, you don't know this, and I don't know how much I've told you this. Uh, Saul, but so I grew up in church. Like I was there. I was the church kid. Like I was at 16 years, 16 years old, 
giving sermons, praying in front of uh, the mega church in Orlando. Hallelujah. And I'll, I'll throw them out there because I don't mind, you know, uh, spreading things. So it's Church of the Sun up on John Young Parkway in Orlando is where I grew okay. up a lot. And I had a – when I left the church, it was two kind of pivotal things happened when I left Christianity. And it was, one, I found out that my best friend at the time had sexually assaulted one of our other friends that went there. He, in the parking lot, groped wow. her without her permission – and then threatened her with violence if she told anybody. Mm. And about that same time, mm. and I was, I was, so I went and I handled it. I went, told his parents about it. I was a snitch and I'm proud of the day that, to this day that I was. Um, yeah, but about yeah. that same time, sure. I, I was in the sermon and I heard our youth pastor say something that was just a little, it wasn't biblically backed up to me. And so what he said is he said, you know, oh, Jesus came to earth and then he you know what only came to save really the jews and then saw the plight of everybody else and made a pivot and my whole point having been somebody who read the bible cover to cover more times than i can count was like well this is there's no biblical backing for you to say this so i went and actually had a meeting with him (laughs) and i I scheduled it i didn't do it on the day of it was a sunday service i was like hey i'm gonna be at church on wednesday can we meet and i talked to them about it and there at that time you know, I said, and I basically was like, tell me where in the Bible it says this and backs up what you said. And he eventually, after a while, admitted that he was wrong. Admitted that he shouldn't have said that. He should have said that was his interpretation, not what was in the scripture. And I was like, that's all you need to do. But wow. what ended up happening there right afterwards was his wife in front of all my friends, because I grew up in church. His wife uh, comes in front of everybody. And yells at me about how dare I question his message and his sermon. And I I left that church, you know, 17-year-old kid growing up in church, tears fall. I left and I was like, I can't be here for service tonight. And I get a call from the pastor the next day. And this is really like there's a turning point in my life. Because he called me and he was like, Hey, like, you know, sorry that all went down, blah, blah, blah. But he's like, I've been thinking about it a lot. And I I want you to say, like, if you like, if you're going to come back, there's kind of two options on the table for you. You either can come back, and if I say something that you disagree with, you can pray silently for God to change my heart, or you can leave. <laughs> and I, thankfully, even though I was a 17 year old and not the wow. brightest kid in the world, I left because I was like, you're not going to tell me sit down and shut up. You mean you didn't leave to pray silently? I did not just sit there and pray silently where they preach things that I didn't agree with. And, and that's kind of how I view the church a lot right now is of the, the American church is a big problem where they don't look inward and look what they can be changing about themselves all the time. Because my thing is when you're in any kind of, whether it's a nonprofit like I am or in a church or any kind of organization, you don't just work for that organization. You should be working on that organization. Mm. You should be trying to change it. And if you're not trying to change your organization, if you're not trying to be responsive to what's happening, then you're not, this gives you that blind spot. I mean, it's the same as this same church had a table in their lobby back in the day in 2008, you know, getting petitions signed for proposition eight which for those that don't know was the anti-gay marriage opposition in Florida. Yeah. 
And this is, I think you're seeing this pattern where if you don't look inward, if you don't spend time, whether as a person or as an organization being reflective, then you're going to have these huge blind spots. And I, I originally posted something, you know, when COVID all happened about how I thought it was ridiculous that Christians were the ones spreading the most false information. And it's gotten even worse no, with what's going on right now in Black Lives Matter. And I mean, you think, let's, let, let's all be honest, Jesus was black. And yet, yep. <laughs> unless you go to a black church, most black people are super tokenized. And I know because I was, my best friend from church was, was a black guy. And I didn't, I tokenized him then. I was that six, you know, 15, 16 year old kid thought he was fine because, oh, I have a black best friend. Just because he was one of the few at yeah. the in the church, I was tokenizing him. And that's the same way the church treats a lot of black people, unfortunately, if they're not a black church. And I mean, honestly, I feel like, you know, I'm not a Christian now, but I feel like if if the American church actually looked at what where they are and where they're standing with current events, I think they'd realize that the biggest thing pushing people away from Christianity is Christians. It's that same old Gandhi quote, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I like your Christ. I don't like your Christians. Yeah. So, so no, I'm, I'm with you 110%, Mr. Monroe. Um, again, Saul, I'm, I'm more and more, I'm realizing why you, why you like this guy. Um <laughs> Because I like him bro, too, I'm telling you, he's, but um, he's yes, truth, that's bro, that's you. um, that's a big issue. That's a big issue. It's the, it's the fact that yeah, the you know the church in general is well, the church is like law enforcement, isn't it? It's an organization, and anybody who's in an organization, especially if they're in a position of power or of meaning, their job is to keep that organization going. You mm-hmm. know, and that's your job. Your job is to make sure that. 10 years, 15 years, 20 years from when you leave this organization, whether you walk out or get carried out, the organization is stronger than when you first came in. Mm. You know what I mean? That's pretty much the, the purpose, you know? And so, um, yeah, they might not want to rock the boat too much with this one. It, it's funny because one of the issues that you have with, especially with, with Christianity in general, is that we have all these various sects, Right. It's like you have, um, you have the Baptist, you have the Southern Baptist, you have the Missionary Baptist. So nobody's really under it. No, there's not just one guy, you know. And mm. Catholics, the Catholics got it figured out. It's not cool, but at least it's one guy. You know what I mean? You want to know what the Catholics think? Boom, you got to look to the Pope. Whereas for 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 the other side is that oh well, so and so from this from sect feels this way, but the Lutherans are saying this and the Calvinists are saying this. And right now, if we look through, yeah, I'm sure that they are all going to have something to say, but my main issue with all of them is going to be the same one. And it's that they're going to say that a black man was murdered and they won't talk about the fact that over a hundred black unarmed black people get murdered by law enforcement Every year in these United States, they're talking about the symptoms, not the vi- like not the virus. 
not the exactly. cancer. Exactly. You know, you know, they they tell what is it that that they used to tell, oh they you're missing the forest for the trees. You know what I mean? Yep. Like you'll see the one issue, but you're not gonna see you'll see one thing, but you won't see the major issue here. And that's mm -hmm. my problem with a lot of the with a lot of the responses is the fact that yes, George Floyd was murdered, and that is a very sad thing. But what's even sadder is that he's not the first one, and unfortunately, won't be the last, won't be the last one. Yeah. Well, something you said there, Ross, has really been I feel that's been kicking around my head for a while, which what we're seeing right now is I wish we had Uncle Ben around from from Spider-Man. Because the, the thing he said there is <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. And obviously it's so played out. Everybody's heard that a million times. But it's like the people in power still haven't heard yeah. that. Well, I, I, people, I'll, I'll throw another little cliche thing maybe that might go along with that. And it's mm. a power concedes nothing, you know, and, and, and once, you know, once they have a taste of that, I mean, why would they, why would they want to do anything else? You know, they, and, it's, it's working for them. I just no, think I was going to say, and you also go need ahead. To, to remember, like I, we've had this conversation before, Saul, when I was saying that, um, you know, the, the mayor of New yeah. York, what he did he stood up. He stood up to the to the to the police department, and then they just turned his back on him. And you know what I mean? Two 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 law enforcement officers pushed pushed a seventy five year old man. My man fell on the ground. Fluids were coming out of his ear. Mm -hmm. His blood. And so they suspend the two people responsible. What do the other guys do? They're like, you know what? I quit. Fifty seven guys quit. Yep. Fifty guys decided. You know what? If you're not going to have our back, we're leaving. And it's like, no, it's not that we're not going to have your back, but you have two guys who are acting like idiots and needed to do something about that, right? Mm -hmm. There has to be repercussions. And then Well, I would, I would rather just, and honestly, and I, and I know, I guess it stinks, you know, from a, from a, like a manager standpoint, oh my God, I lost these group of guys. What am I going to do? Um, I, I, the silver lining and obviously is like, well, you yep. didn't want those guys on your force in the first place. Like, why would you want them on there? Now you realize those 57 are those is, is, mm -hmm. is, is half of that orchard right there. You know what I mean? Like, all right, get them out and, and don't let them come back. Um, I, I, I think, you know, with them just being spineless like that and not, you know, not wanting to do the right thing. That's, that's right. kind of how I see the church. You know, and they're so brave and so quick to 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 preach the word, you know, to go to go preach the gospel, knocking on door to door, you know, when 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 you're from when you're a kid, you know what I mean? Oh Sometimes man, I remember that take you out. Uh yeah, you know what I mean? And it's just like kind of like the Jehovah Witnesses, you know what I mean? But it, it it's it's like you can do all that, but you won't clearly stand up or say anything for, for what's right and what's going on and what might even yep. be going on. In but, your own but, but that's, that leads to another you point. Know, so. And that's the point that, um, a lot of times, you know, you don't want to be that serpical guy, but for some reason, law enforcement officers, those who do stand up, they get ostracized. Right. And then you, you're in a situation where yeah. you're on a bad call and you need backup and nobody shows up. Well, that and and I'm glad you said that because that right there just that that's a whole nother that's a whole nother subset of problems. Like that's insane that you know they want to give you the argument yep. that it's just a few bad apples, but when the one good guy says something, 
ninety percent of them, shun them and, yep. and, and and they'll hang them out to dry. Th- that just you just you know you just and, defeated your own argument right there. It's like you you know it's not just yep. you have a couple bad apples then you idiot. If they're all you know if this if these guys are worried for their lives because all right and, and and you know not this is what happened. I I got a message uh, last week after I posted um I I made a co- a post or comment on the cops yep. the good cops like turn in all the bad cops enough is enough you know if, if if there's so many good ones and only a few bad ones then what's the problem with you guys just outing these guys right here right now like i would think that's a that's where we, we should start if with these guys these cops out here on their bikes on their protests in orlando and and and, and the and the chief is out there and everything look at their records see look at all the guys that are out there and if they all have you know uh, uh, like um, complaints, you know, or, or, or these, you know, uh, uh, overly aggressive, you know, issues and all this stuff that's happened. Why are you mm-hmm. having them out there on, on bikes in the first place? Like, why are they, why, why would you put that cop out there? Um, and, and you should start seeing, and, and this would save them money, I think, because now you're not hiring junk, you know, now it's like, all right, let me get rid of these clowns. Now I've got money where I can pay the good officers more money for the highly dangerous job that they do and uh, more training and get the right group of people in here because it, 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 it's, it, it blow, it's insane to me. It's insane to me that, you know, mm. just how spineless people can be. And, 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 you know, you got a badge and a gun and a bulletproof vest, combat boots, you got little gloves, you know, you got your helmet, you got everything. And you are so, and you talk all this second amendment stuff, all these cops buy all these guns, which don't get me started, you know, about this whole why did everybody that is nowhere close to any riots or anything just buy out their gun stores? Like they think, you know, what's a black army is going to come and want to invade their neighborhood. Like more propaganda that these people just spread amongst themselves. But, it, you know, they just have all this stuff. And then they're just just the biggest bitches on the planet, you know, honestly. Um, and we, I, I think I now is a good it, time you know, to say that the, op- the opinions of Mr. Saul Urenya are not necessarily those of some life. Okay, carry on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go ahead and carry on. <laughs> well, I, I mean, that, but that's just it, you know? And, and it's like I... And that's why I brought in the church kind of in all this, because you, you, you would feel being raised in the church, like all three of us were, um, that's the one place where you would find like comfort. You, you'd be like, yeah, man, I can really go there and, and, and be safe. Um, you know, but you got to worry about your own church members side-eyeing you the whole time or thinking less of you, you know, or just being like, or using you like, like Brock had said and mentioned earlier, like you're just a token, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just wild to me. I don't, I don't get it. Um, I mean, I, I, I think the real account when you're talking sucks. about whether it's police departments or the church is, or honestly, freaking America, is we've never dealt with our original sin. Nope. We talk about the original sin of slavery and stolen land that America mm-hmm. had. We've never dealt with that. I nope. mean, God, reparations is like you just cursed out your mother if you are a politician and you say anything about reparations. And you see the same thing in a lot of yeah. churches. I mean, it reminds me, you know, in a lot of churches and, and the police department as a whole, it reminds me a lot of when, you know, I always found it really interesting talking to, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to talk to a black Mormon, but the Mormon church wouldn't even ordain black people because they said that 
their the spirits living inside of them weren't as weren't as good as the white people's. For yeah, yeah, I, remember, didn't I remember when I learned that official <laughs> policy until 1978. I remember when I learned that one. <laughs> and in the fact that when I see black people now in Mormonism, and it's not like Mormonism ever came to terms with that. And nope. it's the same with these police departments. It's not like these police departments ever come to face the fact of like, oh yeah, we've had a lot of KKK members in the police and never dealt with that fact, never dealt with the FBI's continual mm -hmm. harassment and just honestly torturing of Martin Luther King Jr. And until you deal with that original mm -hmm. sin, nothing stops. I mean, God, I mean, even I don't want to go on too long of a tangent, but I mean, even I'm, a, I'm so just, you know, a little bit more about me. So I've had a direct relative of mine has fought in every single war until Vietnam. Um, and I remember when my dad tried to give me our family's Confederate flag when I was like 11 or 12 years old. Oh, wow. And I, thankfully, even at that point, even though I wasn't even close to being a real ally, I knew not to accept that flag. You were like, no, nah, I appreciate it, Pops. I'm but... like, y'all, they yeah. lost. I don't want the flag of a loser. <laughs> but I mean, it is until we go and actually oh, man. really have a real reckoning, this stuff's going to continue to happen. It doesn't matter how many Val Demings you have. If you have a black police chief, that doesn't change the history exactly. of racism and white supremacy in these organizations. Yeah, I uh, I think this is a good breaking point. Um, let's uh, let's chill for a second, maybe about like 10 15 minutes. And um, if you guys want, I'll go oh. ahead and send the link. You know, if you want, jump back on. Uh, because I, I really just want to talk about this last, yeah, uh, okay, yeah, I'm with that. Candace Owens and I, and, and and we'll all right, and we'll close it out with that. Um, when we get back, so everybody stay tuned, keep listening. Uh, when we get back from our from our little break, we'll go ahead and explain why Candace Owens sucks as a human being. But uh, you guys, you've been listening to uh, to Ross, and you've been listening to Brock, and uh, I'm Saul, and uh, this is Saul's life. And hey guys. Just want to thank you for sticking around, and as soon as uh, we get back, we'll be uh, starting off with the second segment here, and we'll go ahead and be talking about, uh, I know Drew Brees, uh, we'll go ahead and be talking uh, a little bit about Candace Owens as well, and um, yeah, thanks for sticking around. Part two, coming up right now. All right, let me welcome Brock back, uh, and I guess let me welcome everyone back. Well, the show back. It's uh, it's Saul here on, on Saul's life, and Brock's back with us. Um, we're still waiting for Ross to jump in. He'll be in here in a second. Um, but we were just before we took our break. Uh, we spoke about uh, I guess just kind of how everything's going to change, uh, or things are changing in the workplace a little bit. Uh, oh, there, there's Ross right there as well. All right, um, back again. And uh, well, I'm just recapping a little bit what we spoke of um, in the last segment there. The last segment, too, we, we, we hit on the church a little bit and, and just uh, 
that whole aspect and, and kind of what they, they are saying or, or what they are not saying. Um, and um, I, I want to welcome you guys back uh, to this last uh, subject that I kind of wanted to talk about. And I'm sure we'll probably get into some other stuff too uh, right afterwards. Maybe the Drew Brees stuff if we got time. <laughs> but uh, I, all right. So I, I've been seeing this video um, circulating uh, the interweb uh, lately. And it's this young woman uh, named Candace Owens. And it, I, I personally, I, I can't stand it. I can't get halfway. I can't get through one minute of any of her videos because it's just pure lies. And I mean, I don't know. I don't even know where she gets her stats from or these numbers or, or whatever. I, I, who is she? I guess is the first thing, you know, that, that I want to know. Like, why, why are people feeling, and I guess we'll get into what kind of people or who are actually kind of sharing this uh, video, you know, on, on Facebook a lot or whatever. But why do they? Why why is this going around so so much? Why do they think she's she's like the spokesperson for like Black America? Well, I mean, you go, go ahead, ahead Brock. Brock. Sorry, yeah, I'll start with Brock. Go ahead, Brock. I mean, knowing her history a little bit, I mean, she's clearly an opportunist because if you look at, I mean, just the fact that she ran an anti-Trump website until he got elected. Um, I don't know if you know that yeah in 2016 she ran an anti-Trump website until she got elected she now talks all the crap about um, the end about um, or the left and all this stuff even though she was a liberal then and was catering to liberals and I mean now just seems like that's she's that opportunist she's going ahead and she's gonna she's gonna do what she's gonna do, and I think what you're seeing here is it really is that same thing that I was talking about when I was talking about my friend when I was in school or when I was in church when I was young about who I kind of tokenized looking back on it is that she gets to be the token and held up, and I mean I try to avoid people who have only been rated negatively by PolitiFact before. I don't know if you've looked it up, but <laughs> she's been rated three times and all of them as false claims. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, how does she get away with this? I mean, the reality is that we're, at least on the right, in a post-truth world. Nothing matters as long as you're saying something that makes people feel good. Alternative facts, bro. Hmm. And, and what we're seeing here too, and I, I want to specifically talk about what she said about George Floyd, is 100% that 17-minute video she posted to Twitter was all about the classic racist garbage that is talking about somebody's life and history and her spreading a lot of lies mm-hmm. to justify their death, basically. Even though she says, and I don't want to you know, misquote her, she says here that – He's her title of it was confession. George Floyd is neither a martyr or a hero, but I hope his family gets justice. I don't <laughs> honestly, I don't care if he, if he's you know back on uh, child support and was just a totally awful person. He was lynched in the street, and that's really all you need to know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. If, in, 
unless the cops are literally stopping you from murdering somebody else, you shouldn't be murdered. We believe in a justice system. Well, <laughs> and, and, and I don't mean to cut you off. I, th- this is the thing. Uh, the, the thing is that, you know, apparently, you know, when you challenge the establishment, you have to be like the perfect black male victim. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, there's no room for living any kind of average life, much less like a troubled life. And like only perfect lives deserve justice, you know, in this system. And justice is probably money in a civil suit and not punishment for the perpetrator. I mean, what we're seeing here is very much, like you said, is very much um, reminds me of, uh, I believe her name, what is it? Um, Claudette Cohen, was that it? Uh, uh, the woman before, the woman before, um, with the originally on the, um, when they were doing the, wouldn't go to the back of the bus. Oh yeah, that young. You talking about the young girl? Yeah, I forget what her name is, unfortunately. But the young woman that it was decided that she wasn't the right face. But she was. She was. She was. A, she oh, was a that's right. Mom. That's right. Mm-hmm. Before Rosa Parks, remember there was a woman before that, and Thurgood Marshall. You know, an amazing American. Um, Colvin, this, Claudette Colvin, Claudette Colvin. That, that's her name that she they decided that she wasn't the right person because they knew white America wouldn't accept her as a young woman who was pregnant out of wedlock. And the fact of the matter is, is injustice. You don't have to be perfect. You don't even have to be good for justice to have served in our country. I mean, God, we see all these time with these white mass shooters still getting arrested without being harmed. And that's a good thing. We yeah. want those people to face their day in court. Yeah. I don't I don't want them getting beaten or killed while they're getting arrested. If you can arrest somebody without killing them, that's the right move. But for whatever reason, black people are held to this higher I mean the reason's racism. Black people are held <laughs> an impossible standard. I mean, we see the same thing, and I'm not a big LeBron James fan, but we see the same thing with LeBron James. I mean he has been the non-scandal sports athlete. And yeah, still, he really has. And still people attack him for everything he does. And obviously, I mean, his comments on China, you know, he's got a he's got a financial interest in the NBA success and he's gonna protect that. But that doesn't mean he's not a great person. I mean, we saw the same thing with Barack Obama. I mean, Barack Obama had a scandal-free presidency. And yet, if you talk to any I, I don't know, man. He had that tan suit he wore. Oh, that tan suit. The tan suit. And, and I, don't forget about the, the what was it, the coffee salute? The mocha salute or whatever they called it? When he had, I don't know. He had the ho- I, I, I don't like Michelle skin. Obama's arms, bro. I don't like Michelle Obama's arms. I know. Why is she showing her arms <laughs> in the White House? <laughs> I mean, oh, what we're man. seeing here is this just super blatant racism. And, and Candace Owens, unfortunately, she gets to be that same person that white people get to show up and hold up and be like, see, I'm not racist for not agreeing with Black Lives Matter. Because she's not yes, the same like, thing. Yep. And I mean, the fact of the matter is, is it's funny, you know, um, looking up, you know, I don't know if you know, but she, she spoke at um, – the NRA's conference where they specifically kind of put up their like legislative agenda. And, you know, she's done all this, you know, super 
cons- on the conservative side stuff. And I mean, she has the right to voice her opinion. But the fact of the matter is, is her opinion is just that an opinion and a lot of times lies. You look at it, it's lies throughout. And I mean, you look at an organization like the NRA. I mean, my, my mind is no black American should support the NRA after they didn't stand up and make a fuss about Philando Castile. Thank yeah. you. Because if the NRA was really truly about defending the rights of gun owners, then they would have been so furious at how Philando Castile got killed just because he had a gun and told the cops. After he told him. Mm-hmm. After he told him, he was like, yeah, I got a gun. It's right here. Oh, you want me to give you my papers? Let me go ahead. Yo, I'm going to reach right here, all right? He told him, yo, I'm going in there. Mm-hmm. He goes in there, the guy shoots him. Yeah. And the NRA was mum. Because Oh, they didn't say anything. Because the only time, and this is going back to the NRA, the only time we've really had comprehend, like any kind of real gun control passed in America, do you know what was the catalyst for that? Why it Black happened? Panthers. The Black Panther movement. Yeah. Because the NRA didn't give a crap about defending the rights of black people to de- carry guns. That was Governor Reagan for you right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I just look at her and I mean, again... She's a great example of black people are not a monolith. Yes, that she is. They they believe all sorts of different people because guess what? Black people are people. Mm-hmm. But she's also, I mean, if you look at it, she's an opportunist and fine lying and getting, you know, all the false marks from PolitiFact because she doesn't care about what reality is. All she cares about is her views and getting likes. Yeah. It's a, I, I, like, like I said, I, I just hate that, you know, certain people love to just use like poster mm-hmm. up, you know, and, 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 and it's like, oh yeah, this is, look, look, why, why can't you think like that? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, what, she sees it that way. Why, and it's just, and that, that right there is what kills me because it, it just, it keeps them thinking it's okay for them to have that, that mm-hmm. same thought process. You know what I mean? And it's, I, oh my goodness, it's just so detrimental to the cause. And I mean, it's so, it's and so I mean, bad. to an extent, it's the same as what we've seen on a, ma- on a macro level when you talk about, you know, non white people and how Asians have been considered, you know, the good minority. And I mean, how many times yes, have you seen, how many times point. have you seen that online of black people being like, well, why can't you be like the Asians? Look at them at their, college success rate, their income, and all these other metrics that we decide are important. The fact of the matter is people's lives aren't defined by their economic output. They're not defined by anything to the fact that they're a living person and deserve to have the same rights as the rest of us. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much said everything that I wanted to say. <laughs> Sorry, that. Didn't mean no, that. No, 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 that's good. That's good because, you know, now I, I don't feel like I'm taking crazy pills, you know what I mean? <laughs> Someone yeah. is echoing my my train of thought. I mean, who is Candace Owens? I I don't know. I I remember I remember that she was uh involved with Kanye, you know, around the time that he had his uh mental breakdown and now he's and then all of a sudden he came out with his little uh, Make America Great Again hat and he's going to uh, President Trump. You know what I mean? Like, that's when I first started hearing her name. I had no clue who she was 
before that. You know what I mean? And but the things that I have read about her, I feel I feel like she's sort of like a sort of like a con artist. Mm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's just like like you pointed out, you know, she ran that Trump website. And then all of a sudden Trump gets elected and she's a bastion of American conservatism, you know. Uh I I'm just shocked that she said the things that she said. Um, I didn't even bother fact checking any of what she said in that video because at the end of the day, it goes back to what you said. He still didn't deserve to die like that. You know what I mean? And those officers had no clue who he was. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when that was happening, it wasn't like, yo, we've been looking for this guy. He was a serial killer. He was a whatever. And even if he was, you mentioned again that time and time again, the white suspect gets apprehended Mm -hmm. and brought to the station without a scratch on his face. And let's also be clear that if that was me who got accused of using a fake $20 $20 bill. I Have they found it, by the way? Is that a thing that they even have? I don't even know if they've even... I don't know. I know that the right? owner of that place said they shouldn't have called the cops, and that's not their policy because they know George Floyd. Wow. Um, mm. But at the end of the day, if that was me who, even if I did use a fake $20 bill, maybe the cops get called. But that's it. And if the cops do get called, I'm not even getting arrested. I may be getting a written arrest and going to court. Yeah, you know what I mean? What yeah. what do they call it? That's something that um Secret Service handles. That's mm-hmm. not jurisdiction. You know what I mean? I yeah, remember yeah, and, and I learned that Saul is gonna like that. When um when Maria and I got <laughs> married back in twenty eleven, we paid for everything cash pretty much. Like we paid for the for the limousine cash, and at the end of the night, we paid for the venue. We paid that cash as well, right? We just had that money on mm-hmm. hand. And mm-hmm. so, while we're on our honeymoon, um, the limo, the guy who was who ran the company for the limousine calls us, and I pick up thinking, you know, like he's giving us congratulations and just like basically saying that every, that everything went smoothly, or if he wanted like a review of sorts. And this guy is like, hey. Um, I went to deposit the money that you gave me and I'm at the bank and they're saying that all the money is fake. Now we paid like $300 in $20 bills and you're telling me it's fake. So now I'm going crazy. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo, what is this? What's happening? So not knowing anything, what do I do? I call, I call our friend who's a law enforcement and I tell him, you know, and he's like, yeah, dude, don't worry about it. Um, that's the uh that's not that's not a police jurisdiction. So if he's telling you that the police is over there with him, he's lying because that's would be the secret service. Just give him the address of where you are and tell him to send the secret service your way. And I was like, <laughs> I had no clue. <laughs> yeah, I had no clue because I'm tripping. I'm like, yo, what what's going on? What do you mean? It's fake money. So yeah. So the police should have never been called. What you do, and I remember that you work retail when you don't trust. Hold the twenty dollar mm-hmm. bill to the light. If, if it doesn't yeah. have that watermark, you don't take it. You're like, nah, bro, we're not taking it. Give me- well, you you have the pens too. The uh, yep, like like the money pens or whatever. You know that that they turn. Yeah, on well, well, that's what you do bill. in the twenty first century. But apparently, that store didn't do that. They called the police, and those law enforcement officers again didn't have that kind of training as far as um, you know, 
just having low de-escalation technique, mm-hmm. just being like, hey, that's not yeah. something that we handle. Here, here's a citation. Here's a ticket. Here, this is who you need to call. We can get both of your informations and then let let another agency deal with that. I, I, I don't understand how we go from, hey, this guy gave us a fake $20 bill to, hey, we need to handcuff him. And, pl- and 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 kneel on him, right? We need to handcuff him. We need to arrest mm-hmm. him, right? Because what was the crime? Yeah, yeah. As far as your jurisdiction, where's the crime there? So yeah, that that was that was just too much. But I digressed. Um, I I don't know what she was talking about. And again, if any of what she was saying was true, we still don't we still don't think that this man needed to she, go out like that. She she reminds me. Of OJ, mm. <laughs> I, I like seriously. I and like I can't believe you know. I was thinking about it earlier today, and I was like, "Who does she remind me of, man?" Because like I I know people like that in, in my community. You know, I, I've seen them, and I just chalk it up to them. Like they're lost. You know, they just they're scared of of being, you know, themselves. And you know, I, half of it, it's almost like it's society's fault because they made them feel this way you know, about, about the way they look, about their skin color, about whatever, you know, that now they have to go such over the top to feel like, you know, just to fit in. But, you know, I, the, the closest thing was that, cause I saw the OJ, you know, we, we saw the mm. 30 for 30 on OJ. I don't know if, if everybody else saw it, but, uh, you know, when, when he said, I'm OJ. I'm, I'm, I'm OJ. Well, well, let's do be clear. <laughs> I do want to be clear about one thing though. So, cause we're seeing that, oh, we saw it with OJ and we also saw that, I mean, looking back even before that, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but like Sammy Davis Jr. and his love of Nixon. Yes. Oh, God. The yeah. difference there between Sammy Davis Jr., between Ben Carson, between OJ Simpson and Candace Owens is they had all achieved something in their lives. And the last thing they had that they didn't get because of racism is they hadn't gotten accepted by the dominant culture, really. This, yeah, this woman it's, 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 is an opportunist. Like, that is her thing. I mean, she talks crap about the NAACP. She won a lawsuit. She, yeah, won, exactly. grand. she won a lawsuit with the NAACP. And my thing is, anytime yeah. you're holding up a random voice, whether it's black, white, Asian, I want to know why you're picking that person. If What mm-hmm. has that person done to give themselves the this is the person we're going to hold up. What specific yeah. qualifications does Candace Owens have? I mean, as much as yeah, I dislike none. Ben Carson, he's an amazing surgeon. And the, and the yeah, fact he is. <laughs> you can't say anything. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is, is he yeah. has, he has a certain expertise and he is a smarter man than me. I don't agree with what his political stances are. A smarter man than me and, that's really what it is. When it comes when it comes to medicine, yeah. yeah <laughs> when it comes that. to medicine, right. but where is Candace Owens' yeah. expertise? When I always critical these people who are just held up just because, because, well, we know why. We know it's why. Because in it her case, fits their you know viewpoint. I mean? Yeah, she says what white racists are in reality. What white racists are thinking, and then they get to be in, able to hold her up and be like, hey. See, a black person agrees with me. I'm not racist. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, 
so yeah, I guess we do got a little bit of time. It's up to you guys, but we can talk about Drew Brees's uh, what Drew Brees said. I know, I know where you know it happened. Uh, when did it happen? Yesterday? Uh, I think it happened two days ago. I think it happened yeah, on it happened Wednesday. two days ago. Okay, happened. Yeah, and then you know, less you know, in about like twelve, less than ten hours, probably he comes out with some uh, robotic with the stock statement. picture of the white yeah. and black hands handshaking. Yo, yeah, don't hate on that, Brock. Don't <laughs> hate on that, dude. That is that is so so bad. Everything everything about his apology was so bad. And um, I'm gonna see if I can pull it up. I mean, do, did you guys hear? Did you guys hear what? what oh, I listened to. Said, oh, I read his first apology and then watched his second apology because there's a second apology out there. Yeah, no, see, so I didn't even, I just read the second apology because they plastered it all over uh, Get Up yesterday morning because it was like, you know, he he, did, he had done it within the hour. Um, but then I saw um, his initial comments and I'm going to see if I can pull them up here. Uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. I don't know if I can, just, just so everybody else could kind of hear uh, what he said because uh, he goes on to talk about um, how is what he sees, you know, the, what he sees when he sees the flag or when the national mm-hmm. anthem is, uh, you know, is being played or whatever and whatnot. Um, no, they're not gonna, I can't pull it up right now, but anyway, he goes on to talk about how, uh, you know, he envisions his two grandfathers, um, that you know, fought in World War II and, um, you know, it, it, it's it's whatever and how he still thinks it's about disrespecting the flag. And it, I just found it so, so rude and, and uh, I don't know. I, I mean, what, what, what did you, Ross, I'll start with you. What did you think about? Well, yeah, because, because it's basically, it's like, yeah, when I hear the national anthem, I, I think of my, of my grandfathers who, who fought in World War II. And I just feel like kneeling is disrespecting with their sacrifice and blah, blah, blah. And, I heard that and I was like, pardon my French to all our listeners, get the fuck out of here with that whack ass bullshit. Mm-hmm. You really, you really <laughs> think that you're cause because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Let me tell you um why it doesn't make sense. Does Drew Brees think that only his grandparents were in World War II? Does he not think that there were black exactly. people whose grand those guys who are kneeling, chances are their grandparents were in World War II as well? And those same grandparents, the black ones, had to ride in a car on the train that was the tr- the car after the one that had the white German prisoners of war. Mm. Right? Those same guys. Mm. And again, if we talk about military today, 40%, 40% of members of the military today are black people. Yet we only comprise of about 12 to 15% of today's population in the United States. Only you Let are me, patriotic, uh, Drew Brees. I, I, so, so no, fuck him. Yeah, no, he's an idiot. I um, I found the uh, I found it. Let me see if I can play it here. Disrespecting the flag of the United States of America for our country. Um, let me let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played, and when I look at the the flag of the United States, I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one in the Marine Corps. 
both risking their lives to protect our country and to try to make our country and this world a better place. So every time I stand with my hand over my heart, looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. And in many cases, it brings me to tears. All right, whatever. I'll stop right there. Yo, oh, yeah, it's perfect. perfect. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we get what he said. Um, go ahead, Brock. I'll, I'll let I'll let you uh, I'll, I'll let you speak on. on so on I that, think on his two things about it. So one, I think his comments are obviously super ridiculous because if you look at if you know anything about Colin Kaepernick's protest, he moved from sitting to taking a knee on the advice of military of a military member. He did that to be more respectful because he was like, oh, it could be perceived as you not being perspective. So he specifically changed what he was doing. Also, Drew Brees himself kneeled with teammates. So I don't know what he forgot. I don't, I mean, not a joke, but I mean, who knows how many concussions he had since then. That's why he can't remember that he did actually kneel. <laughs> um, but in reality, but in the end of the day, for me as a white person, what this comes back to is, White people need to stop telling black people how to do things. How to, I mean, this is the same reason why I've not been, I've not said anything criticizing the rioters. And I mean, it, in my family, it's kind of caused, you know, when people have been rioting, it's caused uh, my family, to, my parents to be upset with me because I won't denounce it because my whole thing is like, hey, people are angry. It's been 400 years of systematic racism and oppression that black people in America have been facing. And I get it. I, I, I get it as much as I can, right? I'll never fully get it because I'm a white guy. But like, I can't even imagine what that anger is like. And all he had to say in that statement was literally, he just had to say, you know what? It's not my place to say what other people do. All I know is I'm not going to do it. And that would have been fine. He didn't have to take a knee along the sides of his teammates. It's, it's nice that he does, but he doesn't have to. But now what you're seeing is the fact of white people continue to want to tell, I mean, this is what we saw with Kaepernick, tell black people how to feel and how to express their feelings. And at the end of the day, I think I'm a, I'm a pretty good ally. I try to educate myself. I still have no idea what it's like to be a black person in America. And it's not my place to tell black people if they want to kneel, hey, go for it. If you're gonna protest, if you're gonna protest, hey, power to you. Even if that protest is gonna damage property, I I don't love it, but I'm not gonna call it out because I won't ever know your experience. And I mean, that's the thing I think Drew Brees needs to realize. I mean, especially one being a quarterback, he's so the privileged of privileged of NFL players. I mean. Mm-hmm. And, and and we can we can go into the history. We can even go into the the the, the racial history mm-hmm. of, of that position in, yep. in the sport itself. You know what I mean? And I, I just, uh, I mean, you know, I, I heard what he said, and and honestly, you know, like like everybody else, you know, we, we heard we heard all the other, uh, you know, sports uh, personalities and, and and pundits and every media pundits that talk about it, and a lot of the uh, the you know the African American ones are like, yeah, we're we're not surprised. It's like we we, mm-hmm. we know that that's what he thinks. Same thing with the big yep. Fangio's comments, uh, yep. the Broncos head coach, um, you know, laughing again at the Redskins, you know, putting up the, uh, you know, the blackout, uh, whatever, you know, 
thing and uh you know them still having the team the Redskins or whatever like the the NFL is you know it, yeah. it's just sad that they still want to hold on to that and they still think it's about the flag now the other big thing and I guess this thing stood out to me more than his initial comments were just how quick the apology like how how fast he was to come with that apology uh and and how fast almost everybody was like, all right, let's yep. just forgive him. You know what I mean? Like Michael Thomas and whatever. I accept you know, Drew Brees' apology or whatever, yeah. Well, it's yeah, the same yeah, way exactly. that it's the and same people I, who reached out to Drew Brees to make that apology reached out to Michael Thomas to accept that apology. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, they're going to have to work together shortly, and we need to put we need to put a united front. You know, he don't like him. You know what he said was a dumbass statement? You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know what? For the betterment of the for the betterment of the uh, of the organization, we'll go ahead and you know, for publicity's sake, we'll go ahead and say that I that I that I accept. But nah, man. Well, and and, and what they did also, which I think it's, I mean, just to show you again how racist the NFL is. Uh, who's the who's the guy that they, who who did they go to for this kind? Who's the guy? Who's the one guy that they always go to? Whenever some sort of you know racial racist incident, you know, or anything happens in the NFL, mm, yeah, so one guy, the one guy, and it's just like and 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 you know I, I was watching Undisputed earlier, and uh, I don't know if any you know I I never really watch Undisputed. I, I'm always stuck watching. Well, no, mm, I'm always stuck mm-hmm. watching Get Up. And then as soon as Get Up is over, I'll probably watch the first 15, 20 minutes of yep. First Take because the last couple of weeks they've always had Greeny on. I love Mike Greenberg. Um, so I'll listen to that, and then I'll go ahead and flip over. But then all of a sudden the price is right. That's right. You and the price is right. You and the Brock, if you don't know about so, my man, oh, I know. Is right. oh, I know. Okay, now. Oh. <laughs> I've, been, I've been following the Facebook. I've seen okay, the okay, now. Okay, now. <laughs> So, uh, but, you know, and it's just like, uh, I, everybody should have watched the last oh, few days with Shannon Sharp on Undisputed. He's been, you know, so it's, it's been amazing. Issue. But, oh, it's amazing. But he, you know, he said it, what I liked that he said about this whole thing was like, you know, Tony Dungy is so quick mm. to forgive, you know, and, and he's always so, 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 so quick to just be like, oh, yeah, all right, well. Tony Dungy said it's all right, it's all right. Yeah, it's okay. You know, he speaks for everybody and he's just so forgiving. And that's that's good. That's an endearing quality to have. I wish I mm-hmm. was that forgiving. Um, but you know, Shannon Sharp even said it, and you Brock even said it. 400 years. We we, you know, people of color have been forgiving mm-hmm. already. You know, we we've we've been we we've been forgiving because they kept doing this to people of color time and time mm-hmm. again. You know, and what he said that stuck with me, uh, like right now, it's it's not a time, I don't think, for moderation. No. You know, it's not a time to, for that. It's a time of uh, con- mm-hmm. condemnation, I think, a little bit. And I agreed with that a little because it's like, listen, it's all right. We can accept the apology. We can, you know, it's fine. You know, it may, maybe he really. No, nah, man. He only, tell, listen, if you know, we've what, been. What he really does. But give us some time. Let's be mad. I want to be exactly. Mad. Be if mad. we've been through everything like, that we've been through, even if we just go back yeah. to Colin Kaepernick and what was that like, 2016? Mm-hmm. Yep. Go back to four years ago. Oh my goodness! Yeah. How much has happened since, as far as race relation goes? 
And you, Drew Brees, like working in the NFL, surrounded by all these black men and their families, and that. Bro, he grew up. He grew up surrounded by 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 black. Friends. And that's and what you choose to say. Nah, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna accept that apology. You mean to tell me that you don't think that their grandparents were in the military and had to? Oh, no, 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 no. Bro, fighting for rights, like you said, I'm pretty sure you mentioned yep. fighting for rights. They did not themselves when they came here, and we can take it back further. You know, Mr. Shannon Sharp so eloquently put it this morning about mm -hmm. even in the Revolutionary War, you know, they got the slaves to fight for the masters, you know, and under a lie mm -hmm. saying that they were going to be free and then they weren't free. And then when the British were like, hey, if you fight for us, we'll really give you your freedom. You know what I mean? Then they were like, nah, things started having to change and they still yeah. didn't change. Like, it, it, it is, it, it's insane to me. You know, like people want to forget, like the Tuskegee, not the don't, mm -hmm. don't not the Tuskegee Airmen experiments. All right, yeah. the Tuskegee experiments. Like, you know, these guys lived with sexually transmitted diseases mm -hmm. like, till they died. When Shannon Sharp said that, I, I mean, I, I had a flashback because I remember being in college reading about this, like just my own, you know, on my own accord. Because uh, I mean, what, what was I doing? It was for something for. For like maybe like one of my freshman comp classes or something, I don't even know. But anyways, this is I'm 37. This is forever ago. <laughs> um, but it it just blew my mind, you know, yeah. thinking like, holy shit, you know these. They, 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 all right, so what about their families or what? They they still mm -hmm. couldn't drink from the same water fountains as you know any or whatever you know all that. You just start thinking about all of that, and you know I. Like it's just that's it's what I'm saying. That that's what that, I'm saying. That's only think, his flag. For think about Marines, what you just said. The British were like, yo, if you come fight for us, we'll give you free. Yo, in every single war that these men of color who put on a uniform have fought up until Vietnam, the enemy that they were fighting would somehow, some way, get on the American radio airwaves and be like, yo, I don't understand mm -hmm. why black GIs are fighting this fight. It happened in Korea. It, ha it, happened, it happened during yes. World War II. It happened in Vietnam when they were like, why are you fighting? You know you're going back home and you're still not going to be considered a full human being. Yep. You know well, what I'm saying? Three-fifths of the game. And, I mean, right? You fight for? Come on, man. Nah, that Drew Brees does not get a pass from me. I mean, that's also, I mean, let's look at it. I mean, my thing that I've been very aware of that I've been bringing up to people all the time when they're talking about peaceful protests is, you know, everybody wants to hold up Martin Luther King, but forget the fact that he was assassinated. <laughs> the FBI tried to convince him to yeah. kill himself oh, yeah. by sending him audio of having an affair on his wife and saying they were going to send it to his family. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we're not even getting into redlining. Um and redlining and when we're yes. talking about black, the Black Wall Street and Tulsa and all these other horrible yes. racist actions of our country. And my, my big thing is no white person has the right to tell any black person to respect the flag because I'll be honest, if there are places were reversed, I don't know if I would. Yeah, it's tough. I, th I, 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 I always like to kind of point this out too. Like you, you, you brought up uh, Tulsa, 1921. You know, we can mm -hmm. go Okoe, 1920. You know, all those examples. Um, 
you know, it, it was it was those white, um, you know, KKK racist, you know, uh, extremists, whatever you want to call them. They were the one. They were they were the ones mm-hmm. burning businesses down. They were the ones burning whole blocks and neighborhoods down. They Dragging were the people out of their windows. homes and beating I mean, them down. Yeah, we for, we saw this in in remember the Titans when they threw a fucking yep. brick through Denzel's house. You know what I mean? Like, I like how you said Denzel. Like, like it was, you know, <laughs> yeah, hey, whatever it's cool. <laughs> it is Denzel, but you know, it's 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 a uh, it, it's crazy to think like, you know, they get so uh, just bent out of shape seeing you know all this destruction or whatever. When it's like, whoa, where do you think we learned it from? Who, who, where, where, where did all, where, where did we see this? Where did we get the idea to, to go ahead and start throwing bricks through windows and burning mm-hmm. businesses and doing everything? Because throughout history, I'll tell yep. you what, they were enslaved. They, they couldn't do any. This was happening to them. They weren't the ones doing this. So it, it, it's, it, man, and let's I also, know, I mean, so I want to put a, a I yeah. want to like specifically say this is like, we have to remember, black people came to America as property and in a lot of white people's minds they still equate black life with property mm-hmm. that's it i mean they do which my whole thing is lie life is always greater than property i'm sorry i know we live in a capitalist society but life is more important and this is something that we yeah. just can't get over and anytime i see people now you know they're always you know, all these people who said shit, sorry for my language, said shit about, um, okay. No, you're fine. You, this, is, you can this is an adult program. We're good. <laughs> Balls. Fuck. Yeah, we're good. Um, <laughs> but all the people who hold up property damage and haven't said crap about George Floyd's life or Brianna Taylor, I want to make sure we say her name as it is her birthday when we're filming, when we're recording oh, today. God, yes. And yes, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like uh, black people have gone through so much crap that we will never that white people will never understand. Why can't we just let black people express themselves how they want to? That's it's just, it's literally that simple. Is that guess yeah. what? We don't need to police everyone. It is not our responsibility to say what is moral and what is not. We lost the moral high ground. Goddamn, four hundred years ago. Facts. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, you know what a time to be alive right now. I mean, but really, it's and I and I hope I hope this is you know I, I hope mm. we're seeing this like cultural shift. I hope we're really seeing this this movement really move us somewhere different, you know, than than, than when we are now, because you know a lot of the time. Um, I mean, you know, let's be honest, all mm-hmm. this goes for naught and then nothing, nothing comes of it. It's, you know, just nothing comes of it. You know, these people still do whatever they want, you know, say, police act how, how they're going to want. They're going to protect each other. And uh, it's, um, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't even know. I, I just don't know. Like, I, to me, I feel like we could start, we should just start by getting, by just eliminating all these guys. They all know who they are, like all these bad cops. They do. I mean, you got you. It's a, you, you. have a partner. You ride around in a car with them for, mm-hmm. you know, how many hours a day? You know, how many days a week? 
You know, you I know I know that you guys go to their each other's mm-hmm. barbecues and, and each other's homes. You know, it's what do they yep. they, they preach this brotherhood thing, right? Like they you know, they hang out outside of work as well. So how could you not tell if somebody's got mm-hmm. like a hood in their closet, you know, or how could you not tell, you know, uh, this person is has like that kind of hate in their heart or maybe they're just fed up because that job, you just mm-hmm. see the ugly, the ugly side of life. Yeah. You're all the time. But like I mentioned, you know, in, in the previous show at Ross, if that's the case, like turn in your badge, man, just get that's it. Quit. Give it up. You don't you, you're not fit for the job anymore. Because look what it's doing. Maybe, all right, maybe you're not racist. But what? Maybe you've just seen all these other guys beat up everybody so much that you, you just think that's how you do your job now. So let's just beat everybody. I don't know. I don't know. But it's, I, I, I'll i never understand, you know, wanting to be a cop. And I mean, because you've got to think people, at least you hope that a lot of people become cops because they want to protect and I mean, by the end of the day, the only, like you said, the only people who they're actually protecting, especially with police unions, is that they are only protecting oh, that, each thank other. Thank you for saying that. And my whole thing is, if you're not going to be willing to take a stand to actually look inside your organization and push for change, then I'm sorry, you're part of the problem. That's what it is. You know these things are happening. If you're one of those 57 Buffalo bastard cops that that resigned because of those two cops being put on administrative leave, then you need to just be out. You need to get done with this. There are lots of other jobs for, <laughs> for you. You don't deserve the power and yeah. the responsibility <laughs> of having a gun and a badge. Mm-hmm. No, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. And they, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's, I, I don't know, man. And, and, you know, and I do, I have a lot of, a lot of friends mm-hmm. that are, that are law enforcement. Um, you know, I, I, you know, black and brown friends too. Um, I, but I just, I, I, I'll still never understand. Like if that's how, if that's how that job makes you feel, you know, like where you you're, you're not comfortable going to, you know, the, going through the proper chain of command and, you know, telling them, hey, this person is doing X, Y and Z, then, you know, man, mm-hmm. get, get rid of. Get, and quit, honestly, quit, I'll, quit, I'll quit say this to anybody. If, if you're if your organization, the only person who ever brings up anything about racial equality or anything like that is a person of color, then you're in a bad organization. Because we, mm-hmm. we've already put enough burden on black and brown people in our country. We do not need to put the burden of also being the people who save those departments on black and brown people. It really, where I'm looking at specifically is I need mm-hmm. those white cops to talk up, to speak up. We, yeah. You need those white cops to get off their damn ass and protect the rights of all people. Yes, because that's a question that that we've all been asking at this point: is who is protecting us? Who's protecting black? Mm-hmm. Yeah, are we gonna have to start little militias? That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, hey, all I know is 
if if the Black Panther Party, and I know there's a new Black Panther Party, grows in size because of this, I would not be surprised and I would not be mad because, I mean, let's be honest, we're not protecting the rights of black people in our country. We just aren't. And here we are, yo. Here we are. And 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 the thing is, like, you know, we've mentioned Martin Luther King Jr. And he's been talking about, he was talking about this ra- rather, and he died in 1968. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Malcolm X talked about it. He died in 65. You know, like, it's something that's been going on. And yet, you know, we're still out here literally like yo having a conversation about how black people need to be recognized as human beings yeah you know it's it's a situation where like oh you know what we're gonna have to we're gonna have to boycott you know it's it's gonna come down to money it's gonna come down to Mm -hmm. money and political power that's what it's gonna come down to which on one end it's like yeah that's what it needs to happen but at but at the same time it's like yo this is this is sad and I mean, I'll also say this. Um, I mean, the number one complaint you hear, you know, from conservatives all the time is, you know, uh, Democrats take your vote for granted. And I'll be honest, I think Democrats do take the black vote for granted because oh, hell yeah. never, have never given a shit about that. I mean, Sammy Davis Jr. tried to get Republicans to give a shit about the black vote and they never have. And it's it's just as much as this is on. I'm not going to say just as much, but this is on the hands of Donald Trump. But it's also on the hands of every moderate white person who hasn't pushed for racial justice. And like it's on us like it needs to be white people that enacts this change because that's the only way we're going to see the actual change put into law. Is if white people get off our fat asses and do something about it? Yeah. Hey, man, I'm I'm hoping. I mean, that's my thing too. Is and I've gotten to the point where I'm straight up messaging my white friends who are posting about other stuff, and I'm telling them like, "Hey, I'm disappointed in you. You need to post about this." Oh, I'm I'm so tired. I am so mm-hmm. tired of that lately. You know, it's uh. And 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 I, you mentioned this point, and and I think uh, I'm not sure if Ross might have said said this too, but I, I'll, I'll I'll bring it up. I'm, I don't know if we even talked about it, but why does that burden have to fall on a, a lot of the time mm-hmm. fall on, you know, us like uh, you know a person of color, black and brown person to educate, you know, uh, yep. you know these people like a certain set of people mm-hmm. that that have the best education, you know, already have have all the means to get this information themselves. Um, like that, that, and like, and that's what I was saying, I guess, earlier of like how, yeah, like, why I'm just so tired, you know what I mean? Because that, if you see that, and then it's like, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta give them something here. Oh, well, well, no, mm-hmm. th- this is why, and, and then they don't want to believe those numbers or those stats, or, or no, well, white people, more whites get killed than blacks every year by cops. I'm like, well, there's more white people in this country, I, I, mm-hmm. I you know, but you gotta, that's not what it means, like, it's. I, you know, and then they're like, well, this happened in the third or, you know, I got in a, you know, I got another comment uh, last night and I showed Ross um, and the the guy was like, I, I had asked him after we're going back and forth and I kind of let him know a little like, hey, you know, this is what, you know, the whole Drew Brees argument was kind of what we were discussing. And um, I asked him at the, my last question was like, would you mm-hmm. trade places with, with a person of color, with a black or brown person? Would you trade places with them right now? Like knowing how they're treated in this country, 
And like, he couldn't even answer yes or no. He's like, well, would I have my parents or not? Because, you know, black guys, you know, have mm. a lot of sex and then they don't raise their kids. <laughs> and it's like, what? What? You know, like, I, I don't. I, I, yeah, well, that, I, well, that's I, your fault you know, for jumping into that conversation. To, to, to be. And you're right. You're right. Initially, it kind of is. But, you know, it's like I you, you're, you're trying. You know, I, I feel like like I, you know, like I mentioned, like we have that. I, like, mm-hmm. why? Why do we have that burden? Why does it fall on us? But I still. Yeah. feel like all right well let me let them know what's up like hey this is what's going on like you know how do you have the time to go into it with somebody like well all right i'll tell you why maybe there aren't a lot of black fathers around if we really want to talk about it you know what i mean is it because maybe they're all getting beat up killed or jailed up for no reason a lot of the time you know that's just putting on like even being just just that mm-hmm. added stress of being a person of color in this country be, I, it, just so many other I mean, factors you know, so how do we just dis- I, I want to know how to even dispel these myths. I mean, let's let's like, not forget that, like, ideas not only is racism something that we see in data, but like we straight up see it in life expectancy and in, and uh, I like specifically when we're looking at black births for how often black women die during childbirth compared to white women. Like, and it's not just because of. Yeah, racism in uh, the medical field, which there is, but it's also like, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but weathering, which is the fact that like black women have gone through so much stress in their lives and having to, they're always on that. Their life is so much harder that it straight up impacts their life expectancy. And this is the fact of the matter is like, uh, that's why this work has to be on white people. We can't put this on people of color on our black and brown you know, fellow Americans to fix this. It's on us. And every white person here, you know, we can go out and chant no justice, no peace. But guess what? That also applies to your home. If you go home and your mom or dad spouting off racist crap, there's no justice, no peace. There's not going to be peace yeah. in my household until, and I don't, my dad never changing. And, you know, my dad, I remember, I remember how many times I've heard the N-word dropped by both my mom and my dad casually growing up. And I won't let them off the hook for that now. Like, they've got to change. I mean, they could change. If they change, great. You do not have to be perfect. But if you're not going to look inside like we were talking about before, then you need to be – those white people here need to be the people pushing your relatives, pushing your family members because – you can't you can't have peace in your life unless everybody can have peace. And right now that's not America. Joe, I <laughs> dropping knowledge bombs, kid. Ooh, I love it. I love it. Now I'm telling you. I knew see, in my head, like the whole time <laughs> I was like, I gotta I gotta get Brock on here. I just I just don't know his schedule, but you know whatever. <laughs> no one goes anywhere really anyway. Anyways, so. ain't nobody really doing nothing. So yeah, so I was like, whatever. Let me just let me just hit him with this, and I'm I'm glad it's all I'm glad it all worked out pretty good. Um, I uh I, I guess I'll go ahead and um kind of start. Let's start wrapping this up. I mean, um, Ross, you, you got any uh, any final um no, any man, thoughts um, or any really final, any really all I all I want to say is um. It goes, it goes along the lines of what Brock just said, you know, like I, I appreciate 
the text messaging and uh, the emails and the, the the Facebook messenger messages that I'm getting from from friends of like, yo, you know, love and support. But that ain't what I really need, yo. I mm -hmm. be out there putting in this work towards anti anti racism. You know, um, mm -hmm. what what Brock just said. Somebody says something or does something that you know is not kosher. Like, yo, take them to task. Mm -hmm. Take them to task. Like, what 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 do you mean by this statement? Or you know, you really shouldn't be saying this, that, or the third. Yeah, don't that. That's what it needs to be. That's what it needs to be. It's cool to know that you have my back, but it's even better for me to know that somebody wouldn't dare say this in front of you because they know where you stand. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Brock, my big thing is, you, you know, any, any last words, y'all, especially for the white people out there listening, because black and brown people, you don't need to hear this from me, but white people, we don't, you don't have to be perfect, but you have to be working on this. Then you're the problem. Even, even if you think you're doing the right things, if you can look around and see, like, oh, I've got black friends. Oh, you know, I vote. Even if you're like, I vote for a Barack Obama. I did all these. That did. That wasn't enough, and it will never be enough. You're never going to be a perfect ally, and I sure, sure as hell am not. But what we can do is continue to work, continue to work, continue to get out there and try to get better, and be fucking coachable for fucking sake. <laughs> I'm like, rock. Yes. Be willing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God. I remember, I remember one time, like you know, talking to talking to a black person. I said something about how you know, oh, racism so ingrained in society that even black people can be racist against black people. And she corrected me and was like, "Well, no, like racism takes like being in power. You can't be like and all this stuff and like about how like yes, they have prejudice, but it's not pure racism." And and mm, but you know yeah. what my first reaction was to get defensive and be like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." She didn't need me to say I'm sorry. She needed me to learn, grow, change. And that's all it takes for all of us. You're not going to be a perfect ally. You're going to mess up. I sure as hell have a bunch. And he, probably even during this conversation, I've messed up. Yeah, you, but, all right, you all right. You all right. You all right. You I think you've been pretty yourself, solid in the last couple hours. So you're good. But, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, white people, we just got to – we've got to own this one. We've got to be – we've got to be the change. We've got to make a difference. This is our time. And I mean, if you ever thought that, hey, if, if I lived in the 60s, I would have been at that rally. I would have been at that protest. This is your goddamn time. I, I'm worried about COVID. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not going out there and, yeah. you know, joining the protest. But guess what? Like, I'm going out there, you know, tomorrow morning, I'm cleaning up after the uh, Buffalo protests. I'm doing my part. Yeah. You're not not everybody's going to be comfortable in all things, but you got to be doing something, y'all. It just takes effort. You've got to be trying to get better, and we can do this. We can we can be the generation where the systematic racism ends, but it's got to end with us. It's got to end with white people, because we sure as hell know that our black and brown brothers and sisters have fought for far too long, and it can't just be them. It's got to be us. So. That's what I got. Nice. That's see. That's what I'm talking about, man. I see. I knew 
I knew what I was doing. Yeah, the whole, I knew what I was just doing the whole time. You know, not to toot my own horn here, but uh, at least I could. Yeah, I, I, I know people together, and, and and put them in the same. You know, put them in the same kind of virtual room. I love it. Know? But and lastly, I, I want to say before you go into I, your uh, closing, is I want to thank you for having me on and. Ross and Saul, I want to thank you so much for being the people you are. And and also, just oh, you know, please. anytime I say anything, you see me doing something or not doing enough, you got a free pass to call me out whenever. Oh, bro, you're trust me, you're you're doing more than enough already. And I, I don't thank me, man. Yeah, straight up, you, straight you know, up. having you on here. Seriously, like it's it it, it, it was it was amazing, man. And uh, hopefully, hope it won't not. be your last. So. Um, all right, good, good. That's what I like to hear. Um, yeah, and I and I guess just for everybody else, I, I I hope everybody you know maybe walks away with something here. I know Ross and I have been kind of uh, in our previous podcast, we've been speaking a lot about kind of these topics uh, just here and there. Um, but you know, it was nice to kind of just kind of get into this whole show um, with just a different voice and a different opinion as well, and dive as deep as we did into everything. Um, well, as you know, as, as much as we could. Uh, within the last couple hours um, so everybody uh, I suggest uh, take a look at Saul's Life on Facebook I, I always put up some stuff I post information on there all the time to just for you to educate yourself on everything that's happening um, they're usually cartoons easy to digest so super easy guys all right super easy nobody's got to do too much food. yeah uh, but check me out on uh, Instagram Saul underscore wall um, and Solly D's on Twitter and like, share it, whatever. I don't know. Hopefully, uh, you know, everybody, like I said, comes away with something. Um, but I want to thank everyone for, again, coming on here. I want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, this has been uh, the latest uh, episode of Saw's